What is your favorite summer fruit? Close your eyes for a moment and really think about it. What does it feel like in your hand? Smooth? Fuzzy? Bumpy? Does it have a heft to it, or can you grab a handful? What color is it? Is it uniform throughout, or does it have some variation? Can you smell it? Maybe even before you eat it. Does it make a sound? A crunch or a squish when you cut it open or when you take a bite? And what does it taste like? Can you savor its goodness for a moment? You can open your eyes now, come back to this place. Recently, I stumbled upon a copy of Animal Vegetable Miracle, a now decade-old book by Barbara Kingsolver chronicling her family's year-long experiment in eating only local food. And by local, they meant grown in literally their own backyard or by a neighbor whom they knew personally. Farming, trying to grow enough food for a family of four for a whole year, takes a lot of hard work. Kingsolver documents the challenges and failures, but what really stuck with me was their delight in what sustained them. Their love for the wild varieties of winter squash, potatoes, and other root vegetables that saw them through freezing months. Their unbridled excitement for the first tender shoots of asparagus and salad greens in the spring. And their passionate joy in the first bites of bright red cherries after months without fresh fruit. All this came to mind this week. Might be hard to remember now, but earlier it reached 99 degrees in Berkeley. <laughs> and as I bit into a perfectly ripe, sweet, juicy yellow peach, I had to eat it over the sink. It was one of those that's so good the juice is running down your chin. And the perfectly obvious thought struck me with such force that it seemed to be an amazing revelation. It is not coincidence that water-filled fruit is naturally available when it is hot outside and we crave sweet refreshment. Those things are actually inherently connected. We humans exist within the cycles of creation. 
Of course, this is an ancient truth. People have known this for thousands of years, but we don't always live according to this truth. I grew up in modern Florida, a place where it is always hot outside and always cold inside. (laughs) Where, actually, in the summer, citrus and strawberries are local, but all the other produce in the grocery store is flown in from someplace else. The season outside is irrelevant. Food just available. So sometimes I forget. In the beginning, before the beginning, wisdom was with God. Wisdom was brought forth. Brought forth with a Hebrew verb that also means dance, whirl, or writhe. When the springs were bubbling up and the mountains being formed, when the stars began to twinkle and the edge of the horizon came into view, then was wisdom skipping through creation, rejoicing in God and God delighting in her her whirling through the inhabited world has never stopped. Even now, does not wisdom call? She is standing in the streets, hollering at us. In the hills and downtown, in our schools, our workplaces, in our homes and our courtrooms, our city halls and our borders. She takes her stand and cries to all that live. In the previous chapter of Proverbs, the way of wisdom is contrasted with the way of cheap thrills. Listening to words that flatter the ego but destroy the soul, gratifying our own desires at the expense of others. The temptations are seductive. They entertain or satisfy for a time. Wisdom is crying out, warning us that that way leads ultimately to death. She invites us, yearns for us, to follow her into the way that leads to life. She invites us to delight. Wisdom offers an infinitely more satisfying relationship playing and rejoicing as God's friend and companion. Through her, we can be caught up into the community of God's own being. We try to use language to talk about this. Language is 
an imperfect, imprecise, inadequate tool. But for centuries, people have been trying to convey an experience of the living God that says God is one and exists in relationship. The traditional formula we profess, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, is a recognition of the relationships within God's self. It is not so much that Trinity is something about God. We claim that God only exists relationally. To the extent that we can even begin to name something about the relationships among the three persons of the Trinity, we find that they are marked by selflessness, reciprocity, and dancing. This is how creation occurs, in delight. Entering the way of wisdom does not require separation from the world, but a deeper love of it. What is true of God's being is true of us as well. We too only exist in relationship. That is not incidental. It is part of being made in God's image. We are not independent individuals. We only exist in relationship with those who birthed us and nurture us, in relationship with those who grow the food we eat and who drive it to our stores. We only exist in relationship with the world God created, the sun, water, air, and dirt that sustain our lives. I think perhaps many of us here in Berkeley know that, but I wonder what it would look like to imagine the way forward not so much in terms of the technical fixes we need, but rather in terms of playful joy and deep delight. When I am suddenly giddy about just how delicious my produce is, I find myself in awe of the God who created it, the earth that sustained it, the workers who picked it for me to enjoy. I hear wisdom's call to rejoice with her in those first bits of soil, to delight in humanity itself. When we truly take delight in something, we cannot simultaneously disregard its well-being. We begin to see the oneness and beauty God created. We can no longer respond with fear and division, 
but know ourselves bound to one another, creation, and the divine community. The way to flourishing is being swept up in the gleeful dance. Finding joy in the other, we open the way to transformation and renewal. So savor your peaches, your cherries, watermelons, strawberries. Go from this feast home with your family and friends or join us up at the picnic and rejoice in one another. Heed the voice of wisdom as she calls us to delight. Delight.